Hilchas Matan Sanim, Peg Base, Gimel, and Dalad. So, within the theme of Matan Sanim, the Rambam began yesterday in the Matanis, that Baal Sada has to give to the Anim, Lekat Shechopea, Peret and Eilus. So, today's Shir, today's Prakhan, the Rambam is going to further elaborate on the Gedarium of Peret and Eilus and Lekat Shechopea. Peg Base, Lacha Aleph. Kol Echel Shogidul of if it's an edible food substance that grows from the ground, Venishmar, that a that the owner of the field would would take care to watch it, Ulkitasi Kulakaachas, who um, which is harvested in one go, and it's put into storage. So we have these five protein, these five conditions. Chayev Bepea. Such a field is liable for peo. Anything that is similar to reaping that meets these five conditions is also high in peya. Because for example, hatvor, vakitnis, rain, legumes, vacheruvim, vagezim, carobs, and nuts, vashkedim, and almonds, vremaimim, pomegranates, and ovum, and grapes, vazesim, and olives, vatmarim, and dates. Bein nivation, bein rakim, whether they be moist or dry. When it comes to these are different um, uh, um, kind of flowers, because they aren't of a food type. So too, truffles and mushrooms are potted from peer. don't grow from the ground. They use the ground to grow, but they don't come from the ground. Land that is ownerless is part of from peer because it doesn't have an owner to guard the field. So too, figs are part of from peer. They're unharvested in one go. Some of the tree might be ready today, some might be picked later, tomorrow. So two vegetables are potter from the dinner of peah. It's not something that somebody stores. You know what happens when you store vegetables. <laughs> they they they, exactly. You take them off the field, you put them in your, in your frying pan. Easy way. Because we let them dry and we take them into storage. So to the cause of the onions, that we leave in the field so that they dry out to produce more onion seeds, also those onions Any land is even if it's land that is owned in partnership. Land that was cut by goyim, or banditim, cut the field. Or ants ate away at the standing stalks, or a very strong gust of wind came, or animals came and uprooted the stalks from the field. Such a field is potted from peah. Peah has to be standing, not once it's detached. Hey. If he chopped down half, he harvested half the field. And bandits harvested the other half of the field. Because the chiv to leave peah is in the half that the listing cut down. But because they cut it down, he's not even peah. Because it has to be standing. But now that they have completely leveled the field, there's nothing left to leave as peah. What happens if bandits harvested the first half of the field and he went and harvested the second half of the field? He has to leave peah for the amount that he harvested, not for the whole field. Just for the amount that he harvested for half the field. He harvested half and he sold half. The one who purchases the other half of the field has to leave payer enough to make up for a 60th of the entire field, which is as we mentioned yesterday. He harvested half and he was Makdish, the other half of the field. As when it comes to Hektish, it needs to be a Harache. The person who's paid to the Hektish gives money for the upkeep of the base of Mikdash. He assumes ownership of the land. When he cuts his half of the field, he leaves a portion of peah that is paid to the entire field, not just the half of the field that he took. If one harvests the field and then is makdish, the other half of the field, he would have to leave from whatever remains enough peah that is paid to the entire field. One has a vineyard. From which he cuts off some of the clusters and sells them to the market. Whatever remains, he's going to keep connected to the vine to 
bidoyrich in the gas to make wine. So if he was taking off clusters from along the entire length of the vineyard, then when he takes the clusters to make wine, he has to leave payer only for that amount of clusters that are remaining. Again, he took some to sell, whatever remains to make wine from, only from that chilek does he have to leave payer for. He doesn't have to take into chesim as well payer for the clusters that he sold. If, however, he was chopping off vines, only from one section of the vineyard, when he takes off the other clusters of grapes, he has to leave payer for the entire vineyard. Because he only took from one section of the vineyard, even though it was Lashuk, but nevertheless, Galadate, that he was doing it for, for, for in, in a manner that wasn't temporary, it wasn't a temporary harvest. So too, one who harvests his field in a temporary manner, he, he, he cuts some stalks, takes them into his house, cuts some more stalks. So he did it in a way that uh, that isn't done in a kavodic manner. Right, even if he has his entire field, but in a way that isn't one who has his field before the grain came to a third of its of its maturity. Such a field is potted from the matnas if it reaches a third of maturity, if the fruits of the trees reach a third of its maturity, these trees are mechoyev in in the matanis that apply to orchards. Yes. You said that it's not a about kriyas. What do you mean? You have to because one of the one of the conditions when it is likitas is called kiyachas. If likitas is not called kiyachas, it's not chayiv and peyah. It has to be harvested in one go. If you're taking up part of the vineyard and then another part later, you're harvesting some of the field now and some later, it's not mechoyev and peyah. You have to be harvest the entire area in one go. You said if you do half of the tree, and then, the, and I think we said you still give in Allah above. Right, so in Allah above, it's, it's a different case. Again, you know, another condition is there has to be not for selling. So because Vav is discussing selling, different dinim apply. One is Maktis is filled whilst the grain was still attached, and he redeemed it whilst the grain was still attached. Once he redeems it, it's to give What happens if the treasurer of the Beis Hamikdash harvested the field and then he redeemed it? Because the time of when when it was harvested, it was kaddish. When it was mechuyv peya, test nachish shukatzus sadiyav hachakin is gayif. A guy harvests his field and then he becomes a yid. And he's a peturim in a peya, a menelekut, a menashikha. Even though shikha applies when he's bundling the stalks together. The Ramam is saying is that because he was a guy, so therefore, even though if afterwards a mitzvah could technically apply to the field, Matan Sanim related, he's not Mokhuyev. One should not hire Goyish workers to have a field. If he hired these guys and they have the entire field, he's still Mokhuyev and Peah. As we explained in yesterday's show, he would have to give a portion to Anim if it's stolen in the as stalks or if he already baked it into bread, he has to give Anim loaves of bread. With Aleph, Balabai Shakatza Kosadevali Nech Peya, the owner of the field harvested his entire field without leaving Peya, he's an Isaminashi Bolim, Peya Anim, and it's our classic. Stage number one, he has to give from the stalks paid to the Anim, he doesn't have to first do the Maisa. If he gives the majority of his harvest to Anim, the Torah's payah is a part of Meramaisis. Again, the stalks that he gives to the Aniyim don't fall under the gather of Meramaisis. The Chaynim Dosh Vadain Lazar Sotofi thresher, but didn't yet winnow these stalks. He gives the Aniyim the Chaylik before he gives the Chaylik to the to, to the Kain and then to the Levi. Avod Dosh Vizara Barachas Uba Mizre Vakama Malachle. If whatever he didn't just thresh, he also winnowed it with the different pitchforks and shovels that one uses for this process and this Gemar Malachle. He finished the process. One first have to separate Maisid because it's already Chaleischiv Maisid after the Gemar Malachim. He has to give a Chalek to the Kohen and to the Levi. And once those, those portions are separated, he then gives 
from the 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 kri that is now kosher to the anim the chelak of peyah. The chimbilan is the same applies to trees that if they haven't reached gramalacha, he first gives the anim the chelak. If they already reach a stage of gramalacha, he first has to separate the required chalakim and then give the anim the chelak. It base aim anichem es peyah ella besefer so the peyah should be left at the edge of the field. So that a couple of reasons. So they need to know where to go. If you're going to leave it in the middle of the field or from the other side, best is the corner. So that the passes by Amcheshedim that he doesn't leave Peah. Because you could say, you know what, I left it on the other side. But if it's at the if it's at the corner of the field, everybody can see the corner of the field. And because of the, the thieves, who would say that I'm going to cut the whole field and I'll tell them, you know, I already left Peah in the middle of the field, but the nemesis never happened. So that's, we live in the corner. He's going to say I left it when, when I began to cut. Another reason is that he's going to wait for his Chavarani to come by. He's not going to leave Peah yet. When he sees his Chavarani, he says, okay, now I'm leaving Peah, come and take it. As we say, so you shouldn't do that. What happens if he was over and he left to pay at the beginning, all the middle of this field? This is payer. Nevertheless, he starts to pay on the corner of this field. For whatever remains from the time that he separated the first pair to the last pair. Yud Gimel. Baal Habais. Should not. Corner means after like side like this. Yeah. Or it has to be like. Over here? Corner, yeah. Zoe, this is the corner. Safe, no, safe, I mean the end. Edge of the field. So even if it's the safe, that's all Right. But, but, but he doesn't say it has to be the carrying side. Oh, it has to be at the edge of the field. Right. Okay. It has to be the end. End of the field, good. But how do you know what's the end? Everybody knows what the end is. So you know the mitzvah of the field. So you know where the end of the field is. If you see one side is harvested, you know the other side that isn't. It's pale. Okay. A homeowner who gives pay to the poppies. And the Nim tell us, you know what, give us from the other side of the field. You're setting aside this side. Instead of this side, give us from the other side. And he graciously gave them from the other side of the field. Both corners have paid. A homeowner who separated pay, and he says, both are have a chalice of peyel. As mentioned before, workers are forbidden to have this entire field. Nevertheless, the paupers cannot have a bylaws over it until the landowner explicitly states that this is peyel. If an ani sees peyel at the edge of the field, also legal, but Mishum Gazel, he's forbidden to touch it out of Gazel. At Shiyuvada Loi, Shihimidat Balabais, unless he for certain knows that the Balabas has designated this as Peah. First of all, a Peah shot to Vua, the kidneys, Tveya of grain and legumes, and from other grains that are harvested, the Chimpasa Kerbiloni's Peah of the vineyards and of the orchards, the tennis Bamachubala Kaika is given whilst it's still attached to its roots, to the tree. Vonim bases an Asa Biyadam, and the Anim pluck it with their hands. They should not use sickles. They use hatchets. You can imagine there's a mob of people jumping on it. You're going to start taking out knives. Your fingers are going to come up. If the Niyam say, you know what? We're going to divide it equally. So they may do so. However, let's do it in an orderly fashion. And one guy likes it old school. He says, let's jump on the produce. You've got to listen to this guy because I passed him. He's saying, what you're going to do. Exactly. They have payer of a dollar, as mentioned in Kilain. Sometimes they would lift over vineyards over a structure. It wouldn't lie on the floor. It would be over like an apifiaris. Which is a very high tree. Palm tree. They can only get to those fruits 
by invest by having skin in the game. Bal habayis made it oisa. The homeowner would have to bring it down. A machalak kisa beinonim and divide it between onion. They brought to call novices latzmo if they want to do, say have a rock climbing uh, competition. Once so you can get to the top of the date tree, tree first, boys and may do so. Now, if 1999 say let's first man last man standing, and one says you know let's do it in an orderly manner. He outweighs everybody because he said what the default halacha is, which is that the balabais should get up and divide it like a man. Three times throughout the day, the gates are open to come and take the pair. The shacha in the morning, the chatzay midday b'mincha, two and a half hours before shkia. Vani shabash lebizmanzeh. Pope who comes before these times, we do not allow him to enter. So that there's sufficient time for all Aniyim of all brackets in society to be able to come by. What does this mean? Explain to them. Why aren't other times established in the day? nursing mothers need to nurse during the morning hours. So they can't come if we establish them in the morning. There are poor youngsters who don't get up in the morning and they'll only be available till midday. Can a couple of not not poor, you know, <laughs> wake up midday. But then there are the old people who, till they get their act together, they're only able to come by mincha time. So we have three times throughout the day to give out the payer. If an Oni thinks, you know what, I'm going to take some of the payer, I'm going to I'm going to claim my bylaws and other parts by throwing the pair I have on it to kill, say, dibs on it. I got it. He jumped on it. He takes a shirt and he spreads it over a portion of the pair. You give him a class and you say, no, no, you're not going to get anything. Even when he had, he loses. It's given to another pupper. Fine, you test. One who, someone who took the payoff. I'm taking on behalf of, a, of a, my fellow pupper. If Oni, if person number one is an Oni himself, because he technically can acquire it for himself, he can acquire it for somebody else, on behalf of someone else. If the person picking up the pay is a, is a rich man, it should be given to the first Oni who is within that area. A field owner who is giving pay to the Anim in front of him, and up creeps an Oni behind him and snatches it out of the Balabais' hands. The theme in this pay that I'm going to discuss, that when we leave payer, it has to be for that field. You cannot leave payer in one field for another field. It's like Maisa Behemoth. Same idea. If you have two fields, field one and field two. You cannot harvest this entire field and say that in this field I'll leave enough payer to make up for both fields. If he does do so, he still has to give payer for field number one. Base. If his entire field is he it's sown with one species, say wheat. And there's a stream going through the entire field. Even if it doesn't flow, it's wide enough that it doesn't allow him to stand on one side and harvest the other side. Provide that it's constantly flowing. It has, it creates his area as if it has, two, as if it's two fields. He would give payer for each side of the nachal individually. Because that field is as if it's divided into two. So to a private road which is four amas wide, or a public road which is six amas wide, goes through this field. If it's a private road less than four amas in width, or a public road less than six amas in width, so only if these roads are in constant use both during the summer and the winter, then it divides his property to make a chivon pay on both sides of the land. They may not because of the rain, it makes it very muddy and people can't use it in the wintertime. Any mafsik, and he would leave just on one side of the field, pay off for the entire field. If in the middle of the field it's, there's a partition with a fallow land 
that isn't so plowed, or yet it's nira, or in the land that is nira, for he should not have a land that is plowed, that haven't been sown. Or say to wheat field, the Ram is going to give an example again. So in the end, to wheat field with a line of barley going through, obviously in a way that doesn't create pure or for example, he harvested a portion going down the middle of a field before that grain reached the third of its ripening of its ripening stages. And afterwards he threshed the location that he harvested. It divides the property into two fields. Provided that the width of all these above are as wide as three plow the, the three um, plow furrows which is a shear that is less than a quarter of a calf which is about ten and a half by ten and a half amas so if you have ten and a half by ten and a half amas dividing these two chalakim of the land then you would separate pay on either side on both sides of the land when do we say you need ten and a half by ten and a half amas space between the two sides to create the land is two distinct fields. The land is 50 by two amis. So it's 100 amis squared. If, however, if, however, the, the, the boar or the near, the, the parts that divide, the, the, that seemingly divide the two fields, if, however, the field is larger than 50 by 2 amas, then we say that the partition between both sides has to be larger. So, excuse me, in the beginning of Allah Haddad, we're saying that if it's a field by 50 by 2 amas, then all that is required is a separation of three plow lines. I don't know the technical word. But if the field is larger than 50 by 2 amis, you would require a space of 10.5 by 10.5 amis separating both sides. But, nevertheless, in a field that's more than 50 by 2 amis, if we have another species in the middle dividing the field, that in and of itself is considered enough of a hefsik. You need a bigger hefsik if it's more than, than 50 by 2 amis. Yeah. Uh, then you need, uh, how much you said? You need a 10.5 by 10.5 amis empty space. That's all. Uh, and, and how much is the other one? Just the three lines of plowing. Which is less than it's less than ten half. Yeah, exactly. Hey, so what happens if locusts or ants ate through the middle of the field? If afterwards he then plowed the portion that was devastated, then he's a mafsik. It divides the field into two parts. Vav, one. Who sells in a mountain? That isn't on a flat plain. It has some uphills and downhills. Pun intended. It's on a hill. Even though it cannot be plowed and sowed at one time. Rather, a portion has to be plowed, then he has to lift up the plow to a higher plane and plow that area. Nevertheless, it's considered that if it's one field, he leaves pay at one corner, and it's part of the entire mountain. If you have steps in the field as such that are higher than each other by 10 amas, you have to leave payer for each of these steps. If you have all these steps and they reach a single point, as we see over here, he leaves there at the edge of this part of the field, payer for the entire portion because it's all moriv. All the fields end up at one point. If in this case the distance is less than 10 amas between each step on the mountain, even though they don't meet at a single point, you can leave pay at one corner from the entire field. What happens if there is a boulder or a massive rock on the field? If it's large enough for him to have to pick up his plowshare and move it over the boulder to the other side to continue plowing, then it creates a hefsik and both sides of that boulder their own payer. Even though around the trees there's a sort of a, a brick form on the floor kind of dividing the trees from the, from the field, he still, that, that field, that grain field only requires one share of payer. So seemingly it looks distinct because of these partitions that are around the trees. 
And he'll explain that the field is one field. The only reason why we have these partitions of the ground are for the trees. It's not to divide the grain, specifically for the trees. If you have at least 10 trees, you'll turn it 50 by 50 yama square. So 2,500 square yamas. If there were more than 10, if there were less than 10 trees within this beisa, then within each enclosure of bricks formation, that each enclosure would require its own payer. Because the, these partitions on the floor aren't for the trees, because aren't significant trees to give it a cheshiva said it's for the trees. Rather, we say that the malbenis are for the zera, for the tavor, creating distinct patches within that field, so that each patch would require its own its own portion for to give payer. So too, if we have these brick formations on the floor around onions, and these onions are in a garden, a vegetable garden. One pair is required for all the onions. Even if the vegetable, se- the vegetable seems seem to divide the area of where the onions are uh, are planted, because again, it, it uh, a person is able to to, to see this vegetable and onion field and understand that the onions were placed in a specific formation, so that only one pair is required for the whole field. If you have a wheat field, and say parts of the field began to dry up, he then uprooted or plucked out what became dry on either side, to the extent that fresh produce um, seemed to create formations on the ground that were distant from each other. So then it depends. If the custom and application is to plant of that species single rows, then on each row that remains in that field requires its own payer. They were sown in individual rows, so each individual row requires its own payer. If, however, that field is of a type that people do not plant single single rows, rather they plant it in bulk in large fields, uh, for example, grains and legumes, Nason Echelakir leaves pay at the edge of the field and it's paid to the entire field. But based by Medivar Memoriam, when does the above apply? When the dry portion of the field were on the exterior and the moist and the fresh portions of the field were in the middle. Avolach Mikan, Umikan, the Yavish Bems, if however the dry portion of the field were on the exterior. Were, were, were the dry portion. Excuse me, the fresh portions were on the exterior and the dry portions were in the middle of He would have to separate payer for each chilek of the field. In other words, as we can see in this image, that if we have, such as over here, the dry portions, as we see with the lines over them, so and the dry portions are on the outside, so the Yavish Mikan, the Yavish Mikan, Vlach and we see that the portions of the field that haven't dried up are in the middle. So all he has to do is leave one portion as payer and it's paid to everything else. But in this case, where we have on either exterior side is fresh produce and the interior of the field has dried out. So then we say that each part of the field requires its own portion for payer. A field that one planted onions or beans. Other legumes, and his intent was to sell some of them uh, in the uh, the market, and to leave part of the field to bring it to dry it and to bring it to his storeroom. So, for the portion that he's going to sell in the market, he has to leave a chalk of payer. In addition to a chilek of pay that he has to leave, the portion he's taking into his home. Person who sown his field, say wheat field. Even if he, he intends to split that grain into two different granaries, it just requires one pay at the edge of the field. If he plants his field with two species, even if he stores them in the same granary, he has to leave pay for each individual species. Hmm. If one sowed two types of seeds of the same species, again, 
you sow two types of wheat, two types of barley, if he brought them into the same granary. Nason peyaches, he leaves one peyach. Shnei granes, nason shtei peyaches. Adav zalach alamesha misinai. Goes back to Moshe Rabbeinu, on Harasinai. Tezayin, ba'achan shecholku, as that divided the estate that they inherited, nason shtei peyaches. They feel that they now own, they have to give payoff for each for each field. If they repocket, both fields now join into one field, and it's required, all that's required is one payoff. If we have partners who harvested half of the field, and then they divided, they split the partnership. The partner who took the harvested part of the field is in the payoff because it's already cut down, it has to be become. The partner who took the part of the field that still has the green attached to it has a separate payer, but only for his half of the field. What happens afterwards, they repartnered. And then they harvested the second half of the field. Either partner has to separate payer for only that half of the field. But the half the field that was harvested before they split up the partnership and then we partnered, they don't have to leave pay for that chilek. So this is a bit tricky. If we have a field that reaches a third of its ripening process, so now it's mechuyven pay. The chetzilah he but half of it didn't reach that stage yet. And of the part of the field that reached a third of growth, he harvested a half of it. So half of a half is a quarter. So we see over here. Half of it had not reached maturity. <coughs> half of it did. Of the half that did reach, he harvested a quarter. Now, now the entire field has come to a stage where if he were to harvest it, it's mechuyven peyel. And then he harvested the second quarter of the original half. So, he may, if he's going to leave peyel in this side of the field, so he can leave payer for the entire field together, which was half set first, which is half set last. And, but if he's to leave payer in the first quarter of the field, he can only leave payer for this half of the field. Because this half of the field was ripe when he began to harvest this quarter. So this, again, this quarter, can, he can leave payer in this side to the point of the entire field. But if he leaves payer in this side, it's only point this half of the field. One who sells part of his property to many people. Each purchaser has to leave pay for the portion that he purchased. If, however, the owner of the field began to have this field, or Machar Mixas, Vishin Mixas, and sold part of this estate and kept some to himself, the owner of the field has to give pay for the entire field. Because the moment he began to harvest, he became a chuyf to be paid for the entire field. If he sold part of his land first, that which the purchaser bought, he has to leave pay for his chalak, whatever remains, the Balabas has to leave pay for that part of whatever remains. So till now we're discussing a, a grain field. What happens when it comes to orchards? So um, when it comes to orchards, and we want to say that as a hefzik to divide an orchard into half to say that each chalak requires its own payer. That's only if you have a very high fence dividing the trees. If however, there's a small mechitzah underneath the trees. But on top of the trees, the leaves and the branches are touching each other. He only has to leave one side as payer and it's purchased the entire field. Two people purchase, who purchase the tree. They leave one pay from the entire tree. If one purchases the north part of the tree, one purchases the south part of the tree. You have a picture for your test? Yes, right here. What does it mean? You have a gadim that doesn't divide the trees because the branches are reaching over each other. So in that case, you would leave pay of one side and spray to the entire field. In this case, where the mechitza divides, it should really go through. It divides the trees from touching each other at the top. Each side of the field requires its own payer. What happens when it comes to carob trees? Here's an image for carob trees. If one stands at one side of the of if one stands at one part of the carob orchard and start, and he's able to see his harvest standing on the other side of the carob orchard, 
So all that's required is one portion of the carob orchard and it's part of the entire field for payer. As we see in this image, if the if either side of the carob orchard could see the middle, but these two sides cannot see each other because of the mount in the middle of the field. He can be mafresh payer for one side for the middle and from the other side for the middle, but he cannot be mafresh from one side to the other side because these sides cannot are not within eyesight of each other. For the middle ones, he can be mafresh for both. As they when it comes to olive trees, any olive trees that are within one direction of the city, one side of the city, say the eastern side, why either on the west or the eastern side, it's required just to leave payer for a couple of trees and it's part of that entire side. One is not pruning his vine, but he's he's cutting off some clusters to allow other clusters to become gross. He's cutting some off, but it's to let the other that somebody who is harvesting from one side of the vineyard is not considered metal. If he's doing it like sporadically, so then we say it's not, and he's going to sell it in the marketplace, it's not mochoy for payer. But even in that case, we said that if it's from one side, it is. So the Ramad bring down this klal again. That when he harvests the rest of the vineyard, he has to leave payoff for the entire vineyard, taking into Cheshbon the vines that he cut off originally to allow the other vines to grow. This applies even if he's harvesting to sell the market. If, however, when he took off the original vines, it was to sell in the marketplace, when he harvests the rest of the vines, he doesn't leave payoff for the vines that he cut off originally. If he cut off these vines to take into his house he would have to set aside payer from whatever remains for the entire vineyard but I'm not going to discuss leket he's going to discuss also peret and illus so we'll see the stalks that fall down from someone's hand as he is cutting it with a sickle. Okay? Provided that the stalks that fall down are either one or two stalks. The three fall down at the same time. They belong to the field owner. What happens if the sickle missed a stalk? Or it didn't come within his arm when he kind of wrapped it around the stalks. That's not considered leket. Leket is, he's holding the stalks, he gives it a schnitt, he picks it up, and then some fall down. That is leket. Basically, if he was ripping off the stalks with his hand without a knife, without a sickle, then that which falls, which falls from his hand isn't considered leket. If, however, he uproots with his hand, food items, food products that one usually uses his hand to uproot, then it is like it. If he was harvesting or, or plucking something that, some a food item whose nature, whose custom is to take it by plucking, he could create enough from the other artists, and after he had within his hand the product, the, the food product, a, a, a splinter, or a, um, a coat, a nettle fell into his hand, causing him to drop it. belongs to the field owner. What happens if he harvests his grain and there remains a single grain, a single stalk around it? If the tip of the stalk is quite long, so that one will be able to bend it and it would touch the standing stalks. In addition to being able to harvest all of these with one move of the knife, Harihisho Bahal Sadi belongs to the owner of the field. Imlav, Harihisho Lanim, belongs to Popis. Dal. Hoyushteshi Belizubitsadzu. A primse heli cuts in him kama, Vichseni heli cuts in a primse, heli cuts in a kama. So, behemshach to the previous case. Let's say there's another stook over here. So, this 
the, the stalk number one is able to touch the comma. Stalk number two can touch stalk number one, but stalk number two cannot touch the standing grain. So we say that all these stalks that can touch another stalk that can touch standing grain are not considered like it. If we have grain that is next to um, straw, they belong to the owner of the field. Hey, if we have a strong gust of wind that came and it blew away standing grain, or uh, bundles of grain that had already been cut, and the grain that had been cut, that harvested, is now mixed in with stalks of leket. We estimate how much of this field would be given to Anim as leket, but this is a case of anus. For a carbon of tavu of every base curry, a curry is 7500 squares. And then comes the owner of the field and he piles up his cut grain over the leket. What does he do? He has to remove his heaped grain to another location and the lowest. Lay of grain belongs to the anim. And we don't know of the ones that are on the floor which belong to anim. And when it comes to a suffolk of matas anim, they belong to the purpose. Why is it that when it came to halachahe, where the wind blew his grain over like it, we say that we have to estimate it's a four cup for a base court. But over here we're saying. He has to leave much more on the ground. That when he piled his grain over it, he has to leave much more. Because he was over and he heaped over his, his grain over the leket, he has a knasa. Even if it did so inadvertently. Even if the leket was of Bali and he heaped over that Bali stalks of wheat, even if he told the name, come and take your leket. Even if other people heaped his grain over those stalks of leket. Not with his consent. Whatever stalks that touch the ground belong to the anim. Somebody needs to fertilize his field before anim comes to take the leket. So it depends. What loss is more? Is the loss of the leket more than the manure? Then he has to leave the leket. If he's going to lose more by not putting manure, he has to put the manure. If he took all these stalks of leket and left it on his fence until the name came and took it, this is pious behavior. Can you explain what it means? It needs to be society. Until today, the way that you sow a field is if you have fertilizer. Fertilizer is manure. So once you have manure in your stalks, the leket, then you won't take the leket. The shadow is what takes precedence over what? Is it manure? Is it fertilizing his field or is it leaving the leket? So the answer is, who's going to lose more? Are the Nim going to lose more or is the Balasad going to lose more but not fertilizing his field? Test. If we have kernels of grain that are found within an anthill. So if that anthill is amongst the standing grain, that belongs to the owner of the field. Because the Nim are not allowed to. Don't don't have a shaykhas to like it as long as the grain is still standing. If one of the anthills within the portion of the field that had already been harvested, that is a shalim, belongs to the purpose. Perhaps these ants carried across these kernels from the portions of the field that belong to Danim. Even if the kernels of dark appearance and it would seem that it's from the previous year. Nevertheless, so that it should belong to the Balasada. Again, because of the Rama mentioned before, in Allah Havav, Shesmeka Leket, Leket, therefore belongs to the Anni. We have a stalk of Leket that got mixed in with a heap of grains. He should separate two stalks. He should say to one of them, he's talking to his fruit. If you're, if the stalk in my right hand is like it, he belongs to the purpose. Then the maizlis that he's to separate, it, uh, they, they take some, that, so those who fall on the second, on the second stalk. He then says the same about the second stalk. If you like it, then you like it. If not, then maizlis fall on the other stalk. 
He gives one of the stalks to the Niam, and the other stalk will be for Maisen. A person should not hire a worker with a precondition that the worker's son will work with him because he's going to cheapen the labor. This is going to, he's, going to a, he's going to pay him at a distance, he's going to pay him less for that, for that uh, benefit. When it comes to a sharecropper, the difference between an artist and a chaychen, an artist receives a fixed percentage of the produce of the field. A chaychen uh, receives um, not a percentage of the grain, but a, a, uh, a fixed measurement. That's the difference. And one who sells his sandy grain to his chavir to harvest, he lacked bnei achrov. Then the, harvest, the guy who's harvesting his son can harvest together with him again if it's not pre-stipulated. He working to bring his wife and his children to the malakit together with him. Whilst he's working, this applies even if he hired this worker to harvest half or quarter or third of his field. Good base. One of his not let the name collect their portions. He allows one honey and he doesn't allow another honey. Or he's helping one of the name against or over his other friend. Person is forbidden to have a line within his field. So that Pope is would not want to enter. If you are there who aren't fit to receive their portions of leket, for example, they already have 200 zuz. If it's within the domain of the owner of the field to protest, one who may declares the leket that has, full, that has fallen down ownless. In Nefilis Ruba means that once he has harvested the majority of his field, so that the majority of leket that would occur has already occurred, then he's mafkirit, it's not hefke. Because the moment that the rave of the field that is already for leket to have fallen has already fallen, it's not within his rishos to be mafkir. Tezvav, Izehu Peret. So we're discussing leket shekhampeya, the Ramazan will discuss Peret and English. What's Peret? Zeh, as we can see in this image, Parrot are single grapes that fall down to the ground whilst during the harvesting season. Any parrot of three or more grapes fall down at the same time, that's not considered parrot, just like stalks of grain. If it was cutting a cluster, and it got stuck in leaves and then it fell to the ground and it kind of broke apart any pedant that's not considered pedant it has to fall straight from the cluster to the ground if he was harvesting and throwing the clusters to the ground when he is then picking up his clusters even a half of a cluster that is found that that had been broken apart that is considered pedant the brackets one who kind of spreads out a mat or a basket underneath his vines whilst he's harvesting to collect the grapes that are falling down. Right, I put over here he's uh, kind of puts a point. Different discussion. What is we'll get back to it afterwards? What is oilis? So parrot again are the grapes that fall down. What are oilis? The eshkel cotton, she'ene mu'ube kishibailas. Okay, eshkel. She'ene kotef. It's a Cluster of grapes that don't have a shoulder, we'll explain what this means in a moment. And going down the spine of the cluster, they aren't closely huddled together, rather they're separated. If it has katif or natif, then it belongs to the owner of the field. Because every suffix belongs to the name. What is referred to by a shoulder, the shoulder of the vine? As we see over here, that down the, the Raman says the shidra, down the spine, down the center stalk of the vine, we have twigs that are kind of branching off, and on these you have little grapes. These are called katif. So that's considered katif. 
looks like a shoulder. Natif, what is natif, which means dripping? Another mechobar is b'shidra v'yerdis. This will be considered natif. The grapes that are hanging down off the spine of the cluster. Who she call another shabayilis negim pasiyali? Provided that it's a small cluster, so that he would able to hold the entire cluster within his hand. That is considered pedato elus. Uh, that's considered elus. Why is it called elum? Because in comparison to other to other clusters, it's like a, a young child compared to a man. It's very small in size. You test the vine owner doesn't have to isn't is to harvest and give them to anim. harvest themselves. You have a single grape on a cluster that also is, falls under the gather of elus and belongs to anim. If you have a vine that has a cluster, and then an offshoot of this vine, you have If it can be harvested with one one schnitt of the knife together with the cluster, belongs to the belongs to the If you have a vine that is entirely made of elulis, Even if the kerem is entirely made of elulis, it belongs to the anim. Peret and Eilus only apply to a vineyard, not to uh, Tavua or Kittins. Or uh, or um, Eitzah Sada. Fine. Chav Beis. Anim are only... Uh, the, the only time that Anim can begin to collect Peret and Eilus is once the owner of the field begins to harvest his vineyard. Shneva v'chisirse karmacha only after the b'vitsira begins. Zemi sa'ilay sa'ilo. V'kama yivtsavir ha'zeichem b'hen. How much does the owner of the vineyard have to harvest before the Anim can take the portion? Shleisha shkeilis shem eisen revia. Three clusters which make a revius of wine. Actually, one who is Maxus's field before the Eilis are discernible. The Eilis do not belong to the name. If he was Maxus's field after he became aware of the Eilis, the Eilis belong to the name. Which means that because the Eilis belong to the name, they would have to wait a bit more to mature, to become fresh. So the time it took to mature. That value the Anim should give to the base of Mikdash. The, the raisin value from the oilless stage to the maturity stage. One who prunes his vineyard after he became aware of the oilless. And the same way that he would cut off real uh, actual classes of grapes, he may also cut off the oilless. Okay. A guy who sells his vineyard to a yid to harvest. Who receives Maisid. That Maisid was given before Truma was given to the coin. It's called Maisid Tevel. And within the portion that was given to him, he finds Eilis. He finds Eilis. He gives Eilis to the Anim because it still belongs to the Anim. If, however, it was a sort of Eilis that could be cut together with the Eshkel, those Eilis he can give to a Koyen as part of the Trumas Meiser that is given from the Levi's Chedek to the Koyen. One who has five vines and he harvested them to bring into his home, if he brought them to eat as grapes, potter, mina, peret, mina, shikha, it's parted from Peret and from Shikha, or in Haravoi. One of the reasons why it's parted from Netaravoi is because it's brought into his home to eat in a Derech Arei manner. It's Mukhif for Eilulis to give to the name if he brought them to be Derech Bagas to make wine. It's Mukhif, the Mumatan Sanim. Elam King Shimik Sasan, unless he left part of it still attached to the vineyard, because as mentioned before, for it to be Mukhif in the Matan Sanim, it has to be Bitsido or Kitsido Kulakiachos.